morning. Good morning. You are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM on a Sunday morning and it's time for Stay in the Loop with Lucy. Welcome. This is a show that covers health and well-being through connection to people. People in our community and people beyond who share with us their experiences, their choices and consequences and regardless of age, their innate wisdom. By discerning and getting a sense of what is transferable from what these guests share, we can choose to apply the relevant aspects in our lives and in our community and develop programs that found a more sustainable, loving and heartfelt way to be with each other, thereby improving our physical and mental health. Now, this week's show on Stay in the Loop with Lucy is all about service above self. Yes, it is about Rotary, the organisation and some of the initiatives in the local area. I joined Warunga Rotary Club some months ago. I had been quite a few times as a guest, talking about street work and listening to Tim England and his talk on dementia. It was bizarre how often I found myself there when I wasn't a member, and I just felt that I connected with the wonderful people I met. They were incredibly warm, welcoming, and still very dedicated to supporting each other in the community. So in today's show, I would like to give you a small insight into the work of some of the local clubs. And I hope to share more as the year progresses because they're incredibly inspiring um, and they're choosing to train themselves and get ready to do a show of their own on Triple H 100.1 FM, as is always the possibility. So my guest in the studio today will be Ian Stewart from Taramara Rotary Morning, Lucy. And a little later, I'm going to be joined by Bobby Hodder. Um, he will have, and then we will also have a live cross to the Wurunga Village Fair, which is also on today. Don't forget, where our Rotarians are busy selling raffle tickets to raise money for the scholarships in St. Lucy and St. Edmunds, our two local special needs schools. I had to go uh, and sell raffle tickets last week in uh, Wurunga Village, and I have to say it was was a bit of an eye-opener for me. You know, all of a sudden I was completely invisible and people would do this massive swerve to avoid me, even to the point of putting themselves actually at great risk as they walked in the road to avoid me. Now, I found that quite funny because it actually was a reflection to me that in the past I have tried to avoid raffle ticket sellers and um, and that I might have walked a long way around just to avoid them. So now I have vowed since then to grow up, look someone in the eye and say thank you very much but no thank you should I not want to buy a ticket I feel like I've had an education that I will take with me forever (laughs) now therapy session out of the way let's jump right in and of course that is a perfect um, uh, word to use because we're going to be talking about jumbo flights now Ian I think you need to give us a little bit of a background about what the Jumbo Joy flights. Now, you're from Taramara Rotary. Indeed, yes. Um, when do you meet? Let's at least start with that. Well, the the club itself meets weekly yes. on Tuesday night in the, in um, Manavale Road. and um, But uh, regularly, um, there are subcommittees meeting dealing with different projects. Yes. The Jumbo Joy flight happens to be one of many that the Taramara Rotary Club uh, takes part in. Now, that actually happened on the 18th of November, so we're missing it. We're going to be talking about it. But I would love you to share with us, what is it all about and why do you do it? Okay, so um, it's really an experience for children who are disabled, either physically or mentally disabled, or children who are disadvantaged in some way. And this gives them opportunity to come down to Sydney Airport and to go on an experience that they would probably never, ever experience again, um, and this is to go aboard a jumbo jet, uh, go up in the air for an hour. Uh, they get to look out the window. They see the, the views of Sydney. We fly quite low over Sydney and up or down the coast, depending on the weather. Um, they're well looked after the whole way. And they come back down again absolutely amazed wow. at the experience that they've had. The, um, I can't tell you the thrill of, of sitting in a plane when you've never sat in a plane before. Yeah. The buzz of the... Uh, uh, as as the flight is being prepared, the instructions are given, the safety briefing is is uh, delivered, and then you get that wonderful rush as you go roaring up the runway 
um, up into the sky. And for these children, it means so much more than it probably does to the rest of us in the community because this is something they've never done before and and possibly never will do again. You know what it does, Ian? It makes me realise that sometimes we should see life through the eyes of children and see the wonder and the magic of what we're given in those opportunity, you know, through those opportunities. Absolutely. Um, and in, to um, prepare them for the excitement that is to follow, what happens is that they arrive down at Sydney Airport a couple of hours or so prior to the flight and um, they're greeted there by a bunch of volunteers from the Taramara Rotary Club Um, and other clubs who marshal them into little uh, clusters. Um, But uh, the real excitement comes when we have uh, face painters and magicians and clowns come along to amuse the children. And then that's capped by the the flight crew and the um, cabin crew who come in. Uh, They're wearing their uniforms, but they've decorated them with with boas and fancy hats and, and... uh, face pa- their faces are painted and a lot of the children get their faces painted as well um, and they're, they're starting to relax they're starting to get very excited they know something's going to be happening and uh, before long um, we're ready to go they're given their boarding passes the same as you or I would get when we're boarding wow. boarding the flight they put those through a little um, machine. Uh, m- machine and then they're escorted on board and uh, they begin the jumbo joy flight now, how, how or who decides who gets to go in which class? OK. Um, uh, there are some children who necessarily um, have to be uh, taken very special care of, and I'm talking about children in wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can take 12 children in wheelchairs, but the chairs don't go on board. Uh, the, the children are actually carried by the crew into their seats. Wow. And uh, they generally get the business class seats because mm-hmm. they're nearer, mm-hmm. nearer the front. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, beyond that, it's, uh, we keep the groups of children with the same disability or disadvantage yes. together yes. with their carers. Yep. Some of them will know each other anyway. Yeah. Um, and so that's uh, a simple way of, uh, of marshalling the children. And where do you find who goes on, these, on this flight? How do you find them? Is it each individual rotary that can nominate um, someone who could go? It's, uh, well, it's really been handled by a couple of our members, uh, Sue and Ray Rice, who have good connections with a range of agencies um, around New South Wales um, and th- who they contact them and they invite them to propose children who they think would, be, would enjoy this experience. And this is a, a registration process that lasts for several months. And, of course, word has got around now um, and um, there are children who have been on it before or carers of children who have been on it before who spread the word within their communities and so there is quite a queue uh, of people wanting to, to come on the Jumbo Joy flight. We have been talking about the Jumbo flights that Rotary, the Rotary Club of Taramara have been organising. Now, this has been going for many years, hasn't it, Ian? Yep, this is uh, uh, the 44th year that it's been run. It began uh, wow. as an initiative of uh, one of the Rotary Club members back in 1973, so... It started off very small, I'm assuming, and were they going as part of a number of flights or was it always a dedicated flight? It's always a dedicated flight. That's Um, unbelievable. And, uh, in fact, I mean, to make it possible, uh, there's a number of people need to support this. So we need to have a plane, we need to have fuel, we need to have um, access at the airport and, of course, we need a, a cabin crew and a flight crew. Yes. And it's logistically quite a lot of work getting all of that to happen together in a very, very, very busy airport. Um, all at the same time. Yes, I can imagine. And actually, we're going to close this segment um, just before nine o'clock with a a big thank you to all of those because I feel that, you know, we need to give them plenty of space to be able to appreciate what they've done because it's a lot of people, isn't it? Apart from the contribution from the Rotary Club, there are a lot of other people involved. But let's just um, jump in and talk about Caleb. Now, um, this is a young man who took part in the flight before and now he comes as a carer could you maybe tell us a little bit about his story um so caleb himself um is deaf and as a child he went on the jumbo joy flight and so now it's 20 years later and he comes back as a carer and he was with us um two weeks ago down at the airport and afterwards he wrote a lovely letter of thanks uh to us um 
I'll just extract some paragraphs from that, Lucy. Um, I want to share with you the story about me in the Taramara Rotary and Pathfinders charity flight. I was born deaf and have one hearing aid in my left ear and a cochlear implant in my right ear. And when I was little, I was so excited to board the Qantas flight, just like the kids on this flight. At that time, I was only interested in aviation stuff, nothing else. My focus was to see the plane, the cabin interior, the in-flight map, the different classes of seats, the galley, the in-flight entertainment, the flight deck, and what the pilots and the flight attendants were doing. I was too young to understand how the parents felt. Fast forward to the present. It was so different from what I remembered since I was little. It's not because of the new technology, a change in aviation policy, etc., but how I first how I saw firsthand the parents of disabled children feel. They were desperate to find hope and happiness for their disabled children. And when I met them, they were weary and exhausted. They've been working so hard to raise up their children. And I understand that raising them is more difficult than normal children, and I wish I could help them more. I also looked at the adorable children who had the opportunity to fly for the first time. This flight gave these children their living dream. In a flashback, I remember the excitement I had when I was one of them. After we boarded the plane, I helped the participants to sit down in their seats, and afterwards I was given a seat in business class in the upper deck. And then, then I saw Mother looking at my business class seat, so I asked her whether she'd like to try sitting in the business class seat. She said, yes, please. And then I invited her and her child to sit on my seat and the one next to mine. I could see that she was so moved, emotional, relaxed, grateful and happy to be sitting on that comfortable seat. Wow, that's amazing. And I've never thought that just letting them sit in my seat could bring them so much joy. After they were gone, more and more people came to my seat. So, yes, you guess it correctly. <laughs> they all wanted to sit in my seat. My business class seat became the hot spot. So, after landing, I was so overwhelmed and felt special because the fire truck came in to spray water on our plane. Oh, uh, how cool. I, <laughs> it was surreal for the children, actually including us, the volunteers as well. We were so excited to see water spraying on us everywhere. Nothing like that had ever happened before in my life. I saluted the firefighters at Sydney Airport for their water cannon salute. You are the best, mate. Of course, I'll go back again next year and will try my best to give the participants more extra help. My goal is to give parents of disabled children the hope and faith in their hard work. And when they see me as a disabled adult who is also a contributing member of society, then they know they don't have to worry about the future of their children anymore. That's from Caleb, who is deaf attended as a child and now 20 years later comes back as a volunteer i think it's lovely isn't it um i'm so deeply touched by what was written there there was so much Mm. in what he said the the fact that he was able to see how much the parents so wanted for their children to have a normal life you know and i put that in in bunny ears in in Mm. inverted commas because it you know, who's to say what's normal and what isn't? But for for the parents, they want to give their children these experiences. And for one reason or another, getting on a plane is it can be not normal. Absolutely. And an amazing opportunity. Absolutely. And for him to be able to see that and to experience the wonder and the deep care and all of the things that some parents have to do and carers have to do in order to give that to their children, clearly the seat offering his seat made that woman's day and uh, the children who get to to go on business class of course of course get those superior seats yes with all, all the buttons yes and you know you can you can oh. press this one and you can lie back a bit and press a bit more fun. And you can lie flat yes and so there's some lovely pictures of them experiencing oh, the <laughs> up and down of their seats pressing the buttons yeah again we come back to that bit wouldn't it be wonderful for us all to see the world through children's eyes mm. and you know whoever gets onto that you know into their business seat next you know really appreciate being there have a play with the button see what you can do and and laugh when you know something absurd happens you know just to lighten up um the the weight that perhaps yes you know yeah. we we carry around with us as adults one of the Forget children it. one of the children was also asked to take part in the safety briefing oh you know where the hostesses yes. or the flight attendants i should say uh, do, do those exit directions yeah and the child was given the opportunity to do that as well oh, and fun. she was talking about it for days afterwards yes good <laughs> good uh i was at the um 
I was at the airport yesterday and I saw a young man come out and um, he was being led by security and he was all of four years old, I would guess. And he had black trousers, he had a white shirt, he had a black tie and he had a captain's cap on his head. And he was carrying an aeroplane that was possibly as big as his torso with the biggest smile on his face, but very professional. And I suspect that there were a number of those coming off that jumbo flight, that they they had a... a um, a, a sense of purpose and a sense of mm. ownership of you know what they could, what they had achieved all coming off that jumbo would have been a sight to be seen. Well, the the captain and the, the flight crew generously gave their caps and their ah. blazers to the children to wear oh. um, beforehand, and yeah. we had photographers down there who took photographs with them as well. So it all added to the to the buzz on the day. It was wonderful. Let's start thanking those who make that possible. Yeah, so the, the flight crew and the, the Qantas end of this um, arrangement uh, belong to what's called Qantas Pathfinders. This is a, a charity organisation made up of Qantas staff and ex-staff um, and they um, raise funds for worthy causes and they recruit the volunteer flight and cabin crew members and they've been doing this since it first started. So they're part of the story. Uh, Taramara Rotary Club, as you kindly mentioned at the beginning, Lucy, managed all the bookings for the flight and we provide the volunteers who come down to the airport on site. And we round up the children, we register them, uh, we issue all their boarding passes. Um, of course, planes are expensive to fly, and part of that is the cost of the fuel. Mm. Um, Shell, Shell Oil Company, provide the fuel for the flight, which is great. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, it logistically requires quite a lot of work at the terminal yes. to make all this happen. And so Sydney Airport Corporation, um, who dedicate a departure gate, to us for this purpose um, they uh, should be thanked uh, we have some financial support from Bendigo Community Bank of Tarmara and Linfield and all of our directional signage comes from a firm called DTS Communicate so there's half a dozen different agencies that uh, bring all this to pass and at the end of the day we ended up with 183 um, children and 153 carers on board the wow. flight so a lot, a lot of work to uh, uh, make that all happen. It is, and it just shows how um, it, it, the little things like the signage in mm. the airport, people, when you're organising something, you don't think of that. And yet, without that, the whole thing falls down because you might have people going off in all different directions. So as we thank the big the the big. Uh, people, I mm. guess, the ones who, I mean, that aeroplane and the fuel, but also we need to thank the, the little um, contributors as a, a, in equal proportion, don't we really? Exactly, it's, exactly. It's very important. And, and the, if you didn't have the volunteers through Taramara Rotary, something wouldn't have, would have fallen down there. So just everyone's contribution made that day different for 183 children exactly. and all of those carers as well mm -hmm. and it isn't easy on board either um for example uh, it wasn't this year but on an earlier year um the uh, the captain asked uh, would everybody join me please in singing happy birthday to you to one of the children whose birthday yeah. happened to be yeah but one of the children who in fact is autistic had a meltdown on hearing that song and of course the mother who was with the child was very embarrassed about all of this but another mother came over to her during the flight and says, listen, totally understand, whenever my child hears the wheels on the bus go round and round, yeah. we get a meltdown too. Yeah. And so this was a, an unusual yep. uh, coincidence, yeah. but two people met on the flight. And supported who, each and support other. Supported each other, whose children had the same... Um, condition. And you know, we don't know what's going to trigger someone. We don't know what that child has experienced um, in that song. They might have experienced something that we couldn't contemplate, but someone who is in a similar situation with a child who is triggered by other things, what a great connection. Mm. And as you say, when you sit groups of people like that together, you form networks that last well beyond that moment in time mm. as well. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Now, how can we help raise funds for it? Uh, best way to get in touch, actually, is through uh, taramurrotary.org.au. Okay. okay. Um, and um, we can uh, provide you with information about the, the, the process for making donations. And, of course, this is then a, a tax-deductible uh, recipient donation that um, 
we can set up for you. So any other organisations that want to support, if they go through you, you're going to have all those connections. Yeah. We just have the one and that's you seeing as the founding founding organisation. Now, we might give a quick mention to PLC, who, PLC and Pimple, who've offered to host three fundraising events this year. Yeah, this is really good this year. We had a bunch of girls from PLC, uh, Pimble down the road, who um, came and observed what was going on. Uh, and they're going to, going to do three fundraisers throughout 2018 at the school. And the proceeds of that will all go to help support the um, expenses of the uh, Jumbo Joy Flight 2018. Well, thank you very much, Ian. That's um, you're going to stay with us for the rest of the show, but uh, I, I'm I'm excited. Sign me up for next year. I say we'd love to have you along, Lucy. We'd love but to have you. Along. I could bring my radio gear, and they could actually maybe just yes. we could get some live, live. stuff from it, yeah. and then play it out and do a show on it, a whole show. Well, come on board. Come come to the briefing prior. Yeah. Come on board. Yeah. Bring the mic. <laughs> and, could, and the Nagra. Yeah. <laughs> and um, let's see what can be done. Be that sounds fantastic. I am going to leave the last words on this one to a lovely comment that came through that said, I just felt like Mary Poppins, but without the umbrella. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy. We have been hearing all about Jumbo Joy Flights and here now we're going to switch to a different Rotary Club. We're going to the Rotary Club of Hornsby and we're going to welcome Bobby Hodder. Welcome to Triple H, Bobby. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you for having me. Ed, you're, well, my pleasure. You're my. Um, uh, you're going to talk to us all about another initiative that uh, you're running, and but we've just been talking about jumbo flights, so it's very relevant because what happens when we do all those big flights? We come back, we travel, and we we bring back a whole load of coins that we can't use in this country. And in my mind, Bobby, they get a bit homesick. And I think that it's our job to repatriate those coins in some way. And you, in all of your wisdom, have found a way to get those coins back home. Is that correct? Well, it's not my wisdom necessarily. It was a former member of ours, Adrian Gardner, um, worked for Qantas. He was, uh, I believe, the chief steward. And in Australia, you can bring back uh, foreign currency, take it to an exchange outlet or a bank, and exchange notes, but not coins. So we had all this essentially shrapnel lying around uh, just taking up space. And Adrian came up with the great idea that if we can get these coins back to the country uh, of origin, we could turn it into essentially Australian dollars and uh, use to donate to things like Rotarians Against Malaria. So the Rotary Club of Hornsby District has a program called the Foreign Coin Repatriation Program where we take currency uh, from overseas primarily coins, although we do get a few notes. Uh, we sort them into different countries, and the, we have about 15 top countries that are easy enough to repatriate. We send them with people, and they give us back the equivalent of Australian dollars. So uh, they don't actually have a value until they've been, been converted. So let's say we'll have Canadian uh, dollars that go, loonies and toonies that go back to Canada. People will use them and give us back the Australian dollars. It's as easy as one, two, three. And it gets money back to Australia that we use for international projects. The person re repatriating the coins gets the best exchange rate ever because we take no commission, uh, and it's all done on, a, on an honesty and uh, donation basis. Well, that just sounds like a massive job. You know, I, when um, when you think about having this change, you think, oh, it just must be so easy to get that that uh, converted. But there's a massive process to that, isn't there, Bobby? There certainly is. It's 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 a logistic uh, challenge. Absolutely, we'll do over a ton of coins in a year, and we've invited other Rotary clubs uh, in the area to not only in the area, I'm sorry, across Australia actually. Uh, to join in, and we have Perspex boxes that we send out. They're locked. People donate. We send out a replacement box, bring the, the full one back. Uh, and if other if other Rotary clubs uh, join in, if it's a box they're servicing, they get a percentage of the funds once they're turned in Australian dollars that we send directly off to uh, international charities of their choice. But it is, it's all around Australia. We have clubs... Um, all around the country that, that lend a hand doing it and ultimately they all every coin passes through 
uh, one of our facilities for the for the whole process. We should probably thank a few of those. Well, from from a club standpoint, Rotary Rotary clubs and, and Rotarians don't do things for the kudos. Uh, the local clubs that are involved, we have Walrunga. has been involved for quite some time, as has St. Ives. Uh, we but we have clubs. And I won't try to mention all of them because I'll miss some, and that would be really for the wrong yeah. thing to do. But we have a lot of a lot of people that work in the background um, that uh, help us just with the logistics of getting coins back and forth, yeah. uh, storage of coins, recording of the the, the 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 documentation side of it, so we know what comes in, what goes out, that yes. sort of thing. And um, other companies that uh, so people who provide the perspex boxes that is that a company and the people who transport yep. the coins we have well the the, the transport is, is mostly by Rotarians that that will that are traveling um, and will pick up coins etc uh, the, the boxes we get from a company called Complete Display Solutions which are located at Mount Kringai. okay and what happens with them is we order fifty and they give us sixty every single time wow so, so their donation is is each box costs fifty dollars, so wow, that's give a us, big donation up for free every single time yeah. we have them done. Uh, and we try to keep we try to keep things local from that sort of thing because we are a local Rotary Club. Um, and we can you can find more information about not only the club but the program at, at HornsbyDistrictRotary.org. Uh, there's a there's I believe there's still a link to a video promotional video uh, that we made, although we are revamping that because there's been a change in some of the organizations that. That help out, because yep. that's always a fluid thing. Uh, like Taramara uh, mentioned, we've um, we we deal with Bendigo Bank. They they've been very good to us. They're a nice community organization. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but we've been going. We've been doing this for thirty years, approximately, wow. uh, and turning coins into about half a million Australian dollars over that period of time. That's amazing. And what's the most obscure nationality of coin that you've you've received? Probably not nationality. That's more of tokens. We oh. get, we get tokens which are are probably more obscure. Some of which are worth a fair bit of, of money. Really? Yeah, uh, because they they date back to early 1900s. Wow. Uh, and, and we now are in order to increase the 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 dollar amount that we that we get in because remember it all goes to charity. Yes. We actually put some things on eBay. That's uh, and, so clever. And and we actually are we've launched our own auction site connected to our website, which is in very early stages because it takes a long time for that sort of thing to get traction. Yeah. Uh, but back in 1966, Australia put out a 50 cent piece that's round. It didn't have um, the flat edges. Mm-hmm. They discontinued it because, from what I understand, because it was round, it was too easy to get mixed up. Uh, 50 cent face value. We sell them for ten dollars a piece. That, 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 that just add, that brings so much more into the coffers, doesn't that, it? That's exactly right. Uh, we sold a uh, a note of some denomination from Burma for four dollars. For us, it was worth nothing. Yes. How would we get it back to Burma? Yes. And somebody in Australia thought they would like to have it and gave us four dollars for it, which is pretty nice. So I'm going to do a call out to all the listeners to please go through your foreign change bags or pockets, or go through your drawers where you've just fling things in when you get back from your travels and bring them in. Absolutely. And, and any travel agents that, that would like to become involved, uh, I, I see it as a good way to have the follow-up with their clientele mm. if they if they check back with them or promote it because the, the, the traveler will have to then see them again uh, and we can collect them from wherever. That's a Our, great we idea. Have, we have boxes in multiple banks, uh, exchange facilities once again because they can't exchange coins they yes. just put the box out and people dump yeah. the money in there well i saw it in uh, the bendigo bank in taramara <laughs> and um actually noticed it and went right when we come back next time that's where all our change is going even if we're going to go again um i, I feel that it's just a little bit of something that we can do to to add to the to the bit that everybody else does well it, it's thank you for thank you for that the proceeds from the coin program, yep. all they, they all go to international projects. Uh, it originally started to support Rotarians Against Malaria, Yes. a uh, program called RAMS. Rotary is full of, of acronyms, uh, but it's Rotarians Against Malaria. And we have since 
changed the wording of where we can send the money to programs that have an international flavor or have an international impact because there's research being done uh, in Australia to stop the spread of malaria. Previously, we couldn't donate because the research was done in Australia from this program. So we've, we've revamped it a bit so that we can support research here in Australia yep. that's going to help internationally. Uh, we used to buy bed nets, but then when there would be a tsunami, the bed nets would be destroyed. Yep. Uh, whereas if we can actually stop the, the, the initial infection, it just makes it all the, it's more efficient. Bobby, that's fantastic. You're going to stay with us because you're going to tell us about another initiative that Hornsby Rotary are involved in. Yep. We've walked a day, a few days in the life of a foreign coin, and I'm going to ask you to share with us what it might be like to consider being in a wheelchair in the daily activities or have a disability in the daily activities that are undertaken as such. This morning, we are joined by Rotarians, and we're celebrating all that Rotary does in our local area and internationally. We've um, talked about the Jumbo Joy flight. We've talked about the life of a foreign coin and how it gets repatriated. And now, Bobby from Hornsby Rotary is going to talk to us about the uh, Studio Arts Project, Ride a Day in My Wheels. Bobby, welcome back. Thank you. Now, this is, um, do, how many years has this been running? Uh, it's been running for about seven years, I believe. Uh, and, uh, the, you know, the old saying that you really don't understand somebody until you walk a mile in their shoes. Yes. Uh, not everybody can walk. So they, they sort of took a twist on that and did the, the ride a day in my wheels, which uh. gives people the opportunity to see what it's like in somebody else's condition and position. Some of the challenges are very physical, some of them are mental, that unless you actually ride a day in their wheels or, or walk a day in their shoes, that you actually don't know where the problems lie. Absolutely, and, it, and it's things that uh, people every day see and don't really appreciate the challenge. Uh, before they redid the, the walk bridge in Hornsby, there was a very steep ramp that you would, that people in a wheelchair would have to go up, mm. and one of the one of the uh, activities on the ride today was take the wheelchair and actually not only go around the shops uh, and the outside footpaths in the, in the mall area, but try to do that ramp. And routinely, people needed help. Yeah. Able-bodied people that, that consider themselves strong and fit would need would need help on that. We just take it for granted. Uh, so this this pro project really gives. Uh, people of all walks of life and, and, and position an opportunity to see what it's like to throw basketballs when you're blind, uh, be able to paint when you don't have motor control of your hands by using a, a headset with a paintbrush on it. Uh, the, the participants of Studio Arts have heaps of talent, uh, as, as do everybody. It, it, it's non-discriminatory on any level and very enabling of people to, to reach out and become the best they can be. I remember um, uh, taking a friend of mine who was very sick out in a wheelchair and we just thought we were going to go down to the local um, park and, and walk around the lake. And I had no idea um, how difficult it was getting on and off curbs, how mm -hmm. uneven curbs were, navigating through a shop door and, I mean, you know, being trodden on by people who were so busy not looking where they were going, that yep. they'd actually walk into the wheelchair. Now, that was before mobile phones, so, uh, you know, that that's a whole different kettle of fish now. But it's so important. This this sounds like it's going to be a fun day, but equally a really eye-opening day. Um, I apologize for using that word if it's um, inappropriate, but I think it's going to be a great awareness-raising day, and it's just on our doorstep. Absolutely, absolutely. It's It's on next Saturday. Uh, and I believe it starts at uh, 10 a.m. I've got 10 a.m. Yeah. That's right, 10 to 3, I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, and it is it is eye opening, and it's and it's interesting your comment if that's an appropriate term because it's so hard to talk about some things and use the correct jargon because the jargon yeah. changes and is different from person to person. Yeah. I, I think that the as long as the goal is accurate you yes. know, and, and we're trying to do the right thing yeah but but um a little bit about studio arts if, if you want to find out more about studio arts or the program they have it on their website at studioarts.org.au and arts is spelled a-r-t-e-s 
it's an acronym for Arts, Recreation, Training, Employment, and Skills. Uh, and Studio Arts have been around a long time. It was started by uh, Wendy Escott, uh, who's in our, in our Rotary Club, uh, and Sue Byatt. They've, they have helped adults with disabilities, as I say, for quite some time. Uh, about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, they had a fire, uh, so they've had to relocate. Uh, but they're now in a, uh, a building on Jersey Street in Hornsby. Uh, wonderful landlord actually helped revamp the entire interior of the building to be accessible for everybody and per- pretty much purpose-built inside. Uh, so they're going from strength to strength now. But they could certainly use more support. And um, businesses can sponsor a station for $500, can't they, or set up a team or donate? They're, they're looking for teams, yep. uh, absolutely, because there's, they, they make it fun and make it a competition. Uh, as in previous years, uh, our Rotary Club has participated, uh, and, and typically the president would be the one in the wheelchair, uh, and they have different stations you go to to uh, compete and see how quickly you can. It's almost like an obstacle course. But uh, people in, in wheelchairs are facing obstacle courses every day, just getting, as you said, you know, up and off curbs at the park. Yeah, we don't we underestimate it, don't we? Yeah, so I'll be there. I'm looking forward to to seeing what happens. And it's lovely to hear the history and how, um, again, an initiative has come out of a great connection with a local Rotary Club. So, absolutely, we they they are probably our largest local charity that we deal with. Uh, not too long ago, we had both Rotary Clubs of Hornsby and Waitara, uh, and we've amalgamated to be Rotary Club of Hornsby District, uh, and both of our clubs supported them individually. Now, we, we are one larger force uh, still supporting them because they are such a worthy organization. Fantastic. Well, um, I highly recommend everyone to go down 10 till 3 next Saturday, Hornsby Shopping Mall. Can people just turn up and have a go on the day? Is that also possible? Um, I doubt that they would turn anybody away yep. uh, from doing that. You definitely can just come down on the day and get involved in different ways. If nothing else, come down and have a, a sausage. <laughs> our, our club is going to do a sausage sizzle there, uh, which both is, is to actually feed people and, also, and to just talk with people. Uh, because like every Rotary Club, uh, we're looking for, for new members, for people that, that are interested in giving back to the community. Yep. Uh, so you, they can come down and find out more about Rotary, more about Studio Arts, more about the COIN program, uh, any number of things. Uh, they'll, they can probably participate in different ways. They're, they, typically, in the past, they've had structured uh, competitions, but if you show an interest, they're not going to turn you away. Wonderful. Thank you, Bobby. I really appreciate you coming in and talking to us this morning. And uh, I I look forward to meeting you again on Saturday and hopefully we'll have a whole load of other people next Saturday down at um, uh, the Studio Arts Ride in My Wheels Day. At Hornsby Mall, absolutely. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye now. Ian, what do you reckon? Fantastic, fantastic. Just shows the diversity, does it not? of the different projects that Rotary Clubs get involved in. Yeah. Um, and uh, that um, the coin collection is something that any community group really could do, I think. And I think if they maybe were to contact Bobby and understand the precise uh, plan for going about it, they'd be able to implement it pretty quickly. It's very simple, isn't it? And, and, and travel agents, they should all have a box. I mean, it makes total sense. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think I've ever been followed up after my trip by no. my travel agent. And what a but great such opportunity. An, such an opportunity yeah. to say, come in, just tell us a bit more about it and bring your coins while you're at it. Yes. Yeah. Even yeah. a follow-up email, it would be great to mm. say, look, you've come back. We hope you had a great time. We'd love some feedback on where you went. But please don't forget that if you'd like to, if you have a whole load of change, that you don't need, please drop it at any of these locations in your local area. And notes, I think Bobby said they're taking as well. Yes. I guess as time goes by... I forgot to ask him if anyone had put any notes in and then go, actually, can I have those back, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Didn't realise quite what I was doing. Because some of the notes, um, actually, they... They look like they're worth nothing and then all of a sudden or I might put mine in and my husband might go, excuse me, I'm going there next week, do mm. you mind, do you know? Well, some of them are quite rare, I suppose, like the example he gave from Burma. Yes. Which is worth n- next to nothing, face value, right. but worth four 
pounds or four dollars to a to a collector. That's right. Of, of rare of rare notes. So. Yeah, and I go to him from the UK, where we always have to do a stop off in a country that I'm not. I don't actually go out in, but to get anything in the airport, you get change in that country's mm. that that country's money. So I wouldn't know what it was worth or not worth, but it's worth something to someone, and, and yeah. therefore we should really um, recycle. Exactly. Reuse, recycle. Coming up, we're going to head down to Wurunga Fair where the Rotary Club of Wurunga are busy selling raffle tickets um, to raise money for scholarships for St. Lucy and St. Edmunds, two local schools for young people with disabilities. We are now going to go live to the village Wurunga Fair with Ian Cameron from Wurunga Rotary. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Lucy. You are our local reporter now. A local OB reporter. Very cool. Now, you're from Wurunga Rotary Club. And Hello. tell me what Wurunga Rotary Club, what the, what is their involvement with the village fair? Okay, well, Wurunga um, has probably attended uh, the Wurunga Fair over the last 20-plus years, I would think. One of the original uh, um, instigators of the, uh, of the introduction of the fair was uh, one of our members, Judith Kane, who's a local lawyer uh, in the village, and uh, that was uh, idea was built up through the local chamber of commerce, and uh, <clears throat> with which we participated, in which we participated. So we um, have enjoyed the involvement over the years. It's grown, of course, enormously. Um, it's just a magnificent morning this morning. I. I came away from downstairs because it's so uh, there's so many people here. From about half past eight on this morning, they were they were bustling in and and uh, and it's just absolutely crowded. We just had the Knox Pipe Band go through the village in uh, in their great style. It must be about thirty or forty young fellows with their bagpipes, and it was uh, just just a wonderful interaction to the morning. And you're already out there with your Wurunga red apron, your rotary red apron, um, selling raffle tickets, I gather. I am selling raffle tickets. <clears throat> and despite your comments earlier in the morning, and I did hear <laughs> you were having trouble with the rejection rate. Oh, <laughs> I was. <laughs> I've already experienced some of that this morning. You've got to have a thick skin. <laughs> yes, I'm learning. I'm learning, Ian. L-plates. It was, uh, yes, anyway, that's what we're doing, and yeah. they're really very easy to sell, I must say, that people really understand uh, the charity that we support, St Lucy's and St Edmund's, and uh, you're raising money for St Lucy's. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, I'll have $10. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, really is uh, very, very good. And I think that's the key, isn't it? Uh, you know, we know that the money that raised that is raised from this raffle goes directly to St. Lucy's and St. Edmund's to scholarships there. Yeah. And, um, you know, if anyone has ever been, if their lives have ever been touched by any of the children who've attended those schools, you see what a difference it makes in those children's lives. Oh, absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> the, club, the club funding annually uh, supports scholarships. Um, for families that perhaps really need the facilities of St Lucy's, for instance, uh, for their um, disabled child, but are unable to afford the annual fees. And so we, uh, the board of uh, St Lucy's, chooses appropriate families and our funding goes to make sure that those children who wouldn't otherwise be able to go are able to attend. And it, you know, it's not a, it's not something that anyone can take for granted. Which is why selling those raffle tickets is so important, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, oh, no, and people are very willing to do so. Yeah, yep. Now, you also um, just to touch on another project that comes out of Wurrungarotri is is there's the Novus project, isn't there? The Novus Ball that they run every year. Yes. Um, it's a function that's been running for about 12 years now, and uh, it's a major partnership between the Sydney Adventist Hospital, uh, the Phil McCarroll Motor Group, and the Wurunga Rotary Club, and it's a very elegant affair. Uh, it's held out at the Miramar Gardens facility at Terry Hills, 
I keep mentioning these things because there, it just gives an idea to the community and the listeners of the diversity of what we're doing. So when when you raise money for that, that goes into a pot that is then distributed to all sorts of local organisations. But the organisation that goes into to running it is is immense. I mean, it's a big, it's a ball um, with a band and a, a massive raffle. So if there are people who would be prepared to donate um, a lunch or a dinner or a haircut or whatever it is those things all go to raise funds for um, local community if, um, events yeah, that that's right and uh, uh, it's a giant raffle that there's a silent auction on the evening uh, as well as a raffle of major prizes overseas trips and things of that nature the recipients over time have been uh, lifeline and kids and uh, Streetworks and the PCYC, a number of very local charities. The whole purpose of that Novus Foundation was was Filma Carroll's uh, uh, thought process to support youth in the area, in the immediate local area. So all the funds go to worthy youth charities. And we're just one of many Rotary Clubs, Lucy, in the area who are participating in these sorts of events all throughout the uh, throughout the local district, and we really do welcome and appreciate the community's support for these things. So if people people can attend, but they can also join a local Rotary Club? Well, they can. Um, we very much welcome volunteers to, to participate in a lot of the projects where we need manpower. And if it suits their lifestyle and the things they would like to do, then by all means uh, join a, a local Rotary Club. There are... Um, eight or nine in this particular area that uh, feeds from your broadcast area. So um, so there's plenty of choice. Mm. Fabulous. Now, I did tell our listeners right at the start that we would be looking at a rotary show so now it's been outed it's going to happen i'm going to once a month i i will commit to um to sharing more about what rotary do and that Uh, way there's a lot of uh we can get it we can get a a practice thing going (laughs) oh that's wonderful we really appreciate your support lucy it's wonderful you're such a talented interviewer i gotta say oh Thank you. I'm so pleased it's a radio, otherwise you might see me blush. (laughs) Thank you so much, Ian. Look lovely. Thank you for being our roving reporter. A little bit of talent back there and great appreciation for you on the ground. Thank you. you. I've I've, uh, thoroughly enjoyed the bit of the show that I've listened to this morning. So well done. And I've had some Facebook comments back already from some of the clubs. Oh, fantastic. Good. Well, listening to you. That's that's wonderful to hear. Triple H is always very grateful um, for the listeners and lovely to get the feedback. Yeah, good. Well done, Ian and uh, Bobby. Yep, and if anyone is out there and about, um, pop down to Wurunga Village Fair, go and say hello to the guys who are selling the raffle tickets and I think you might sell quite a few today. It's a very popular day. I'm sure we will. All right, take care, Ian. Thank you. Uh, Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Well, I feel so blessed um, for this show to be able to have covered all that we've covered. Um, Ian, you you haven't had to say very much, but I can see you've been writing and you've been engaged and you've been... It, it really is inspiring, isn't it, what all of these clubs are doing? And, you know, your, your club, I know that we've only covered a couple of things of what your club's doing, but I also know that there are at least seven or eight projects on the go at any one time. Absolutely. Um, we're one of four local Rotary Clubs, Lucy, that um, supports an initiative called the Bobbin Head Cycle Classic. Ah, yes. It uh, takes place every March, um, and it's now coming up for the seventh edition, and um, we've already got people signed up uh, registering for the ride. We have had about 2,500 riders in the past. Uh, the proceeds wow. are shared between um, Lifeline and five other local charities. It's a wonderful day. It's 25th of March, 2018. Um, uh, if you want to find out more, just uh, Google Bobbo or www.bobbo um, or www.bobbinheadcycleclassic.com.au to give it its full name. Uh, all the details are there for a fantastic initiative of um, the Taramara Club, the St Ives Club, the Runga Club and the Karingai Rotary Clubs as well. And when is that next year? 25th of March. It's a Sunday. 25th of March. Gosh, 
get fit now because it's a bit of a steep hill, isn't it, well, Bobbo? you've got four different options, Lucy. You can do the 27K. Which I would not be doing. And then you can do the 58K. Definitely not. And the 80K. Where's the walking? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'll and be a marshal. <laughs> can, we, need, we need 400 okay. marshals. I'll be a marshal. <laughs> And you can you can register on the website to be a volunteer marshal if that's what you'd like to. I do. didn't realise that the twenty seven k was the easier option. For, it 58 is fifty eight k. Well, one hundred and four is the <gasps> tough one. Oh, yeah. And okay. funnily enough, most most of the, there are more riders want to do the one hundred and four k than the twenty seven k. No way. Absolutely. There's a big demographic of people. We call them mammals, middle-aged men in lycra, <gasps> that um, oh, classic. Uh, subscribe to this uh, longer and, and tougher ride. Oh, I yeah. take my hat off to you mammals. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. What an experience. So it's, it's very popular. And, uh, of course, we need all the riders and all the support we can get. That's and it's funny. a big fundraiser too. That's funny. Oh, fantastic. Look, Ian, thank you so much. We're coming to the end of the show, and um, uh, but I, I just can't thank you enough. I'm, I'm loving being part of Rotary. It's a great family um, for me. Um, I love what you all do. I'm so involved in the community that I feel like I've just found a whole load of other people who are equally passionate about community being part of what changes our physical and our mental health. By, by being family for those that don't have family in this country and don't have family or maybe don't connect with the family that they do have in this country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. It's an amazing opportunity. So thank you very much for coming in today and sharing us with us what you do. Thank you. So come to the end of the show, but um, it's just a small snapshot of what Rotary do. I do hope that you will um, look into what they do more and see if there's a local organisation that you would be interested in joining. Next week, I will have the Friends of Mount Cola on the show hearing about how to build a community when you see the need and feel the call. This is a small community um, that I heard about through another project that I do, which is Hornsby Connect, a pop-up shop for the homeless on Wednesdays. And they have um, offered to collect a whole load of presents, Christmas presents, which they will then give to the people who attend the shop. And we've been collecting all the information over the past couple of weeks of who's who needs what and who's got who in their demographic for who these Christmas presents are going to go to. And the Friends of Mount Cola are going to play um, Father Christmas on the day and hand out um, a little bit of a treat to everybody, regardless of their age. So all of that next week. To close... Remember that regardless of what has or is happening to you in your life, you are and always will be you and you will be amazing. The key is to reconnect to that space and learn to build a relationship with your body so you can recognize when your body's trying to tell you something isn't quite right and then seek support with the appropriate support service, be that mental or physical health. Look for support in the community because as we know on every show, it is there. Now, the podcast for today's show will be available through the Stay in the Loop with Lucy website and on SoundCloud. And if you want to get updates, then please remember to like the at Stay in the Loop with Lucy Facebook page. And I'll, when I post there, you'll get a notification. Links to all of those spaces are available through the Triple H program page. Till next week's show, remember to take a moment to look after you. Connect with the amazing people in our community. Be kind, be caring, be love, be all of you. You've been listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM.